0: Uh, She kicked me out of the house today for a a completely other reason entirely, and that's why I'm here. And so I said, well, what was the reason? What prompted this? You made it through the infidelity. What could you have possibly done wrong? And he said, I don't know, Father. She found out that I was texting with this woman that I had had the affair with, and that's what got her all upset. And he said to me, I I don't get it because I wasn't unfaithful. And I I looked at him and I said, um, you are older than I am. And you don't think that you are unfaithful. And he said, "I, I haven't touched another woman since that confession. And I said to him, there's more than one way to be unfaithful in marriage. And in fact, there are four types of intimacy in marriage. And all four of these are necessary. For a marriage to be strong and healthy and to last a lifetime now of course i have never been married but i am the product of marriage my parents were married for 44 years and they were married for 44 years because my father died otherwise they would have been married much longer than that and my sister and her husband next month well two months from now in september actually two months from today on the 28th of September they will celebrate 46 years of marriage and the shortest marriage in my family right now is my brother Tim he and his wife have only been married for 18 years and so I understand what marriage is about because I've seen it I've seen it work and I've seen it not work and I understand the importance of these four types of intimacy and they are all important but they have varying degrees of importance. And that's why I equate them to the ingredients in an ice cream sundae. Now, we've all had an ice cream sundae, I think, at one point, right? It's the best. And if we weren't in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and if there weren't carpet here, And if I weren't brand new and not wanting to get the pastor mad at me right now, I would actually have an ice cream. I was all prepared. I was going to go get all the ingredients. I was going to make one right in front of you. And then I just had pictures of Father Don getting apoplectic on me. (laughs) Eventually, but not yet. So four ingredients. So what are the four main ingredients in an ice cream sundae? Ice cream, chocolate sauce, or caramel. Or whatever it is that you want, but some sort of sauce, the whipped cream, and the cherry. Those those make a Sunday. Well, there are nuts, but we'll get into those later. So, what is the ice cream in a marriage Sunday? What is the most important type of intimacy between a husband and a wife? It's probably not what you're thinking. It's spiritual intimacy. It is learning to pray together and to live a spiritual life together. One of the different um, uh, premarriage premarriage conferences that the diocese uh, encourages people to attend, there's the Conference for the Engaged for the diocese and there's others, but there's one that's called Three to Get Married. And the reason it's called Three to Get Married is that the center of every marriage is Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who came into the world, who elevated marriage from a natural institution to a sacramental institution. Christ is the one who sanctifies and blesses the marriage. It is Christ who, through the husband and wife, ministers the sacrament of matrimony to each other. And you've all heard the old saying, the family that prays together stays together. So it is definitely with a couple who are married. Now, when I was getting ready for my diaconate, I want to say this was in late 2009 uh, or early 2010, I was in Richmond visiting my brother. And he had two friends who were visiting. They were civilly married. They were both Catholic. They had prior bonds, so they couldn't get married in the church. They were waiting for an annulment. And I was introduced to them. What do you do, he asked. My sister-in-law, who never hesitates to go and tell people this, which is funny because she's not even Catholic, Keats in the seminary. He's going to be a priest. And whenever people find out now that I am a priest or found out back then that I was going to be a priest, and when I'm in a casual setting, especially with my family, I am not dressed like this, I hear the same thing. It's it's uncanny. The first words out of someone's mouth is, well, the problem with the Catholic Church is, And then you can fill in whatever their own personal peccadillo is at that moment. For this man, it was the fact that he had this prior bond, and he had to go through this annulment process, and so did his wife so that they could get married in the church. And he said the problem with the church is the expectation of marriage is unrealistic because people live too long. He said at the time of Jesus, people died at 35 years old, and so to be married for for 10, 15 years, that's easy. But, you know, to be married for 40, 50 years, that's unrealistic. That's not the way the world was made. That's not the way it's been until very recently. And I smiled, and I laughed. And I said, oh, how wrong you are. I said, yes, you're right. At the time of Christ, the life expectancy was 35 years. But that's because half of the people died at birth. If you lived past the age of 15, your chances of living to 60, 70, 80 years old were not outrageous. They were actually pretty good. We can go all the way back before Christ to the Psalms to King David, where he writes, life is short, 70 years or 80 for those who are strong. And so I said to him, the idea of marriages lasting 40, 50, 60 years is not, was not uncommon. It's not something that that the people of Christ's time or before would have seen as uncommon. I said, the important thing is, though, if a couple recognizes that the heart of their marriage is not the two of them, but Jesus Christ, and if each of them together and separately try to grow closer to Christ throughout that time married, they will inevitably grow closer to one another. The idea that you can drift apart with Jesus Christ as your guiding light makes no sense because Jesus will not lead you in one direction and your spouse in another. And so to recognize that you need to pray individually and together, regularly, daily, and to pray for each other especially when you're angry with each other is how you strengthen a marriage and that's why prayer and a spiritual intimacy the sharing of your prayer the sharing of the fruits of your prayer with one another is the real foundation it's the real ice cream in the Sunday. now once we've mastered that well we're dead but Once we've gotten good at that, then it's time for us to drizzle on whatever particular syrup we like. Now me, I'm your classic vanilla with Hershey's chocolate syrup on it. My father, God rest his soul, chocolate ice cream with pineapple sauce. Mm. Pineapple does not belong on ice cream or pizza. I'm sorry, I said it. But that sauce whatever sauce you want it to be, is an intellectual intimacy. It's where your ideas, your your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, where those are shared. And this is where that gentleman in my office got lost, because he was sharing that information, but not with his wife, with someone else. He thought that it was okay, as long as I'm not being physical with someone, I'm not being unfaithful. But if I'm telling you something that I won't tell my spouse, then I am being unfaithful. Because my thoughts, my ideas, my hopes and my dreams, they belong to my spouse, not just me. And so that intimacy has to be an intellectual one as well. Where prayer leads us into that. Because remember I said you share the fruits of your prayer with one another. And so that's how you begin to move into that intellectual intimacy with one another. And then then we put on the whipped cream. And the whipped cream is emotional intimacy. I'm having a difficult day. I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm happy, I'm elated, whatever it is. This is also something that first and foremost, it should always be, I can't wait to get home, to share this with the one whom I've given my life to. To really pour out my joys and my sorrows to my spouse so that I can come to know Him or her better and he or she can come to know me better so that we can share everything in our life because now we share our prayer life and we share our ideas and we share our feelings. And then finally, there is physical intimacy. And physical intimacy is very important. It is what helps draw all of this together. And when it's properly done, it is glorious because it is sacred. God made man and woman in his image. And the creative act man giving himself wholly and completely without reservation or condition to his wife, and her receiving that gift and reciprocating that gift wholly and completely without reservation or condition. It's what completes us. Sister Teresa Auer who teaches the bioethics, uh, wrote the bioethics curriculum for St. John Paul the Great um, pointed out that of all of our biological systems, only one is incomplete. My digestive system, I had dinner, it'll work on its own. My respiratory system, circulatory system, nervous system. But my reproductive system is incomplete. It requires a complementary other, and it requires the gift of God, and it is intended for only one other person. I don't chew up food and then regurgitate it for someone else to digest. That's disgusting, and I'm not a penguin. But my reproductive system requires someone else. And so that cherry is important. But you can't make a sundae out of cherries, with a little bit of ice cream, for good measure. It's, a, it's not right. It's not satisfying. You need all of the ingredients, and you need them in their proper proportions. And Of course, finally, they're the nuts. And that's your family. Because let's face it, sometimes they help, and sometimes they hurt. But there are people that you can turn to in those difficult times to get help, your family and your friends, close confidants, people who will tell you the truth that you don't want to hear, people who will take not necessarily your side because they're your friends and not necessarily your spouse's side because you're their brother, But who will tell you the truth and help you to grow in that intimacy within marriage it is a unique gift god created it for a very specific purpose and god wants us to live lives in communion whenever trinity sunday comes around some of my brother seminarians when I was in the seminary, brother deacons, even brother priests, they say, I hate preaching on Trinity Sunday because someone always preaches heresy on Trinity Sunday because the Trinity is a mystery beyond our ability to understand. But I always preach marriage on Trinity Sunday because God made man in his own image and likeness. Male and female, he made them. And in our maleness and in our femaleness, we participate in God's greatest act, the creation of new immortal life. And if we're going to create that life and nurture that life and help that life become all it can be as God intended, then a man and a woman have to have a relationship that is so strong that nothing can break it. And a relationship that is based solely on sex is not strong. And a relationship that doesn't see intellectual and emotional and spiritual intimacies as as vital or more vital than physical intimacy is not strong. But a relationship that understands That love is about wanting what is best for the other, no matter how it affects me. It's a relationship that learns to share and to sacrifice. And it becomes delicious and satisfying. And something that we look forward to every day. And so that is the marriage Sunday. And it is a gift. And I hope that today I've been able to give you just a little bit of insight into what I have seen as the biggest problems that hit marriages. And it's really not physical infidelity. It's intellectual and emotional infidelity. Because if I can't trust you to tell me everything and to keep everything I tell you in a confidence that is unique. That I can't have a life relationship with you. And that's what we all want. That's what we are made for. We are built to live in relationships. And the greatest of them all is the, the life of man and woman. Whom is our Lord said. From the beginning, he leaves father and mother, and he clings to his wife, and the two become one flesh, one mind, one heart, and one soul at prayer.